0: Everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Hi, my name is Ashley and I'm an introvert. Today, I have a very special guest joining me on today's episode. She is a certified social and emotional intelligence coach, professional educator, speaker, podcaster, and best-selling author. Please welcome Sheila Sutherland.
1: Well, hello, Ashley. Hello, everyone. I'm so grateful to be here with all of you today. Yeah,
0: I'm so glad um, we were able to record today. Mm -hmm. Uh, so how has the past year been for you um I usually the past couple of episodes I've asked this question um just how has um the past year been for everyone so how has the past year been for you
1: I have to say I've been quite lucky um or blessed or however you want to put it with Mm -hmm. this last year because not a whole lot has changed for me in my world I mean yes there's you know, when you leave the house, there are, you know, th- different protocols, different things we have to do. Yes, everything kind of looks and feels different out there. But how I usually jokingly say is, I'm an introvert. I have been planning for this my whole life. So yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm really good, you know, because I I am really good at having alone time and keeping myself occupied and I haven't been bored once. So yeah, so honestly I've been good.
0: Yeah, that's that's just like me. I saw there was this meme where it was like um I bet introverts are so happy that that everything shut down, they don't have to Go into work right now or anything, they get to work from home. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, and, and then I, I saw another one that always used to
1: make me laugh. It's like, check on your extrovert friends. They're not okay right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I saw I saw too. yeah they're not okay. They're losing their minds.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I will admit I am really missing the hugs because I, you know, I've always been like a hug monster my whole life. Okay. And I'm just I'm really missing that, you know, because all my friends, male, female, everybody, even business colleagues, networking people like we all just hug. And now you kind of if you see them, you're kind of like that awkward moment of I don't know what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Are we kind of waving? Do we do the the elbow
0: bump? Do we just stand here awkwardly? I don't know. <laughs> it's so true. I'm like, I don't know. Like you when I. um meet people or you know my first time seeing someone that I've been talking to um you know over the phone or via zoom or something um and we meet in person I'm like uh you kind of do that like half like go for a hug oh no 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 like we're supposed to be social distancing and like so you just sort of (laughs) hi you know from a distance but yeah, it is. I'm not much of a hugger myself, but I mean, if someone comes in for a hug, you know, before the pandemic, before someone, if someone, you know, initiates a hug, I'll, I'll definitely hug you. But so that's not too bad for me as far as hugs, but, um, but I, I definitely like shake people's hands and stuff like that. So that's been kind of hard to sort of not like put your hand out to shake, you know, and stuff like that. So
1: Well, and one thing that I'm quite active in Toastmasters, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that organization, Um, but it's a public speaking organization. And whenever we go to our meetings every week, we have certain protocols that we do there, and we're always shaking hands. And for that first little bit uh, of last year, we were we weren't we couldn't meet inside, but it was nice enough weather. Thankfully, we could we could still meet outside. But mm. now we're kind of like, oh, God, we can't shake hands. And again, we have these awkward moments of now. What are we going to do? Right. <laughs> and I mean, and even if in sense then, you know, I've met some people in the street or I've been with my partner and he's introduced me to somebody. And I, you know, just instinctively go for the handshake. And then I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah you know yeah, and then sometimes,
0: <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes, like the person that I'm shaking hands they'll put their hand out as well, so we just I'm like,'m i we're just shaking hands and we'll yeah. just you know wash our hands we'll afterwards or uh yeah. hand sanitize afterwards. I'm like, I don't want it to be awkward, so I never reject you know handshakes yeah. or hugs, so exactly, so I just I'm like, what it's it is what it is? I mean, we're all human. That's human interaction. You know, humans, we want to, we need that physical touch. So.
1: And it is, it is so important. I mean, when you, I think in the years to come when we start really getting the reports on what has been the impact on mental health during all of this time, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot there because yeah, we are human beings. We are energetic beings and we function best when we're in the presence of other people and when we can share space and touch them and feel their energy, you know, even though it's not a tangible thing, but we, we, our bodies need that. And I think that's where a lot of people are struggling right now.
0: I agree. Yeah. Some people are just like, I just need to, I just need that human interaction It's like, of course, you know, it, we can use zoom or any other mm-hmm. type of, um, technology to see each other. But just like you said, just being like physically, you know, in a room with someone, you yeah. know, just that energy is, is what people are missing right now. So I totally yeah, understand through,
1: through the screen is not the same.
0: It's not, it's totally not the same. Um, so I just want to, you know, before I get into, I guess, um, my other questions, I just wanted to ask a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, um, your family, like where you, um, came from. Awesome. Yeah.
1: No, so I am, well, where, I'm not sure where
0: you're located. I'm in California. I live in a small town, um, called Richmond. So
1: Awesome. Okay. So I am West Coast as well. I I live on the West Coast of Canada. Okay. I grew up actually in Northern Canada. So yes, where we experience real winter. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, I do not miss it. Because uh, where I am now, I mean, we don't get California weather, but we get Seattle type weather, right? Uh. So Pacific Northwest. So it's a little rainy still, but it looks like summer is supposed to arrive next week. So that's awesome. Okay. Uh, but I rarely see snow anymore. So that's kind of nice. I really, you know, it, it it deserves to be up in the mountains. Uh, it doesn't deserve to be where I need to shovel it. So right. very happy with that. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up north. I am the the fifth of five children. I am the only girl. So, you okay. know, youngest and only girl. Okay. Woohoo. That's fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole story we could do right. just around that of family positioning and all whatnot. But uh, and in the, the when I came along, I was kind of like the second family, because there was a, a huge break between all of my brothers and myself. So it was kind of like we were almost from two different families because there was such an age gap there.
0: Right.
1: So in a lot of ways, I felt I grew up as an only child. Uh, because the, you know they were all adults and off doing their own thing by the time I can really remember much of anything. So it so family was kind of it's kind we were kind of weird in that way, right? Because it was always just mom, dad, and me. And then mm-hmm. oh right, I have these brothers. So,
0: right, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it, it was an interesting dynamic uh, there. Again, like I said, it depends if you want to go into that one or not. But uh, yeah, grew up very very blue collar. My dad was a, a truck driver. And uh, he logged out in the bush. So he was gone for, you know, several months of the year, even further north, uh, all the way up to like the Alaska border, he he would work. And uh, yeah, we just kind of, you know, when I when I think of my my childhood, I mean, most of my growing up years was spent on an acreage. So I got to spend a lot of time out in nature. Uh And I think that really just really molded who I am today because, I mean, I still, I have to be surrounded by nature. Nature is my happy place. It's where I recharge. It's w- what kind of keeps me grounded and set, you know, during those times when I, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, kind of getting off kilter. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where it all started. And I think I kind of have my dad to thank for that because he was he was a big nature guy. And I think what I, a lot of my love for the, for the ocean and trees and Mm -hmm. everything in between, you know, all came from him.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I love nature as well. My, I was like the place I would love to, I would say the place I would love to um, retire. And it's just like, I'm just surrounded by the woods and and wildlife, and you know, away from you know the city. And my sister's like, no, like I, I'm not going to visit you out there. Like there's nothing around it, you know. I'm like, well, <laughs> but that's definitely a place I want to um, be, you know, in my last uh, years of life. It's just you know, kind of solitary, you know, cabin, you know, surrounded by the wilderness and just you know the nature by a creek or you know, that's, that's my perfect, um, perfect place.
1: And isn't it interesting how two people in the same family will have two completely different views on that? Like you say, your sister's like, uh, no way in heck am I going to be up yeah. there? <laughs> and you're like, that's fine with me. I will pick this one here, Yeah. you know, and, and it, we're, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry about that. No, And we're twins too. So even more, oh, wow. so <laughs>
1: Even better dynamic, oh my gosh, yes. I could talk forever on that one. Um, well, yeah, it is, and it's interesting, right? Because as much as I love being out in nature, I, I like to be close enough to the city so I can yeah. still get there. But I mean, it's a, it's a good 40 minute drive for me to get there. And it's just far enough away that I don't have to deal with all the craziness, but close enough if I need to go to an event. So I think I've kind of got the perfect situation out here. But when I look at like my brothers, they all wanted to be even further north. Like mm. <laughs> they would have been happy with a cabin up in Alaska. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and if, if you've ever been up there and seen the vastness of of that state, it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, you can get lost so easy up there. <laughs> There's so much I, open space.
0: I bet. Oh my gosh. Um, so how did you um, get into um, social and emotional intelligence work um how did you become a coach
1: oh that's kind of a a convoluted story but it uh started I was a high school teacher okay so I I taught high school math science uh senior biology in there and you know loved absolutely loved the job I loved working with the kids I didn't really like the administration part of it and all that and the politics part of it but you know that's like a lot of careers right oh yeah but if I could just, just have been just working with the kids, I might have still been there. But it was, I actually went through uh, kind of like this series of traumas that all happened kind of back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And any of them on their own, you know, as much as they each would have sucked, uh, just on their own wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But because I had so many in such a short time period, My body was just kind of, it never got a chance to recover from the last one before the next one arrived. And so when it was December of uh, 2010, Mm -hmm. I actually ended up going through a fire and I ended up losing my home uh, right after Christmas uh, to a fire. And at that point in time, I was in such a heightened state of stress already that this was, you know, that proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. My body was like, I'm out, I'm done, yeah. checking mm-hmm. out, not doing this anymore. And just mentally, emotionally, physically, everything just shut down. And yeah. then that, so that led about for about a six month period of what I call my dark period. I was going through a really, you know, kind of a, as you can imagine, a little bit of a rough time. Yeah, dealing with, uh, you know, I was went through a bout of depression, I ended up getting diagnosed with PTSD after the fire. So then trying to figure out what all that meant. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having a hair trigger temper that I never had before. I was having anxiety that I had never experienced before. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the life that I had planned right because I've always been that type a planner organizer right I knew every step that was going to be happening mm-hmm. and this was not it <laughs> you know this was not on my radar and I think that everything just, I mean, just this you know I felt like that rug just got pulled out and even though as hard as that was right at that beginning I mean, I'm now in the position, you know, I'm quite a few years removed from it now, but I can look back at that time with such gratitude. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because it allowed me to sit down and really dissect my life. And I don't think a lot of us get that opportunity to do that, right? We get stuck in that kind of that hamster wheel and the, the rut of life of just go, go, go. That you know, many years go by and you're kind of like, what the heck happened? (laughs) You know, where did the last 20 years go? But I was, I was kind of grateful, right? That I all of a sudden my wheel came to a very complete stop. And I had to look at everything and I was like, is this the life I really want? You know, do I like Mm -hmm. where I was headed? Did I like who I was becoming? And a lot of the answers to those questions were no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, okay, I guess something needs to change. And I guess that big thing that has to be me. And so then I was like, okay, well, what does that mean?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I had no idea. I didn't, at that point in time, I didn't know that personal development really existed then. I didn't know what a coach was. I didn't know any of that stuff, but it's like that, that saying, and I don't know where it comes from is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. And in that moment, when I was finally ready to kind of go, okay, I need something, I need a new path, I need to change, I just, I just don't know what. Mm -hmm. It was like literally overnight. And I don't know how these, you know, how it all happens. But it's like, my inbox is now full of uh, different webinars and workshops, and everyone I see on Facebook is now a coach, and yeah. I'm kind of like, where have you people been? Or how, why have I not been able to see you until now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it was just kind of weird how all of a sudden all these things just started entering my consciousness, and so I was like, okay, then, well, that looks interesting, and hey, well, let's try that, and I, I signed myself up for everything, right? <laughs> kind of uh-huh. just on this. Journey, right? I was—I didn't know where I was headed, but I thought, well, I'll just see what happens, you know. Because coming from a scientific background, I'm used to being, you know, doing experiments. Mm-hmm. So I—I I became the experiment. So I was trying different, um, you know, uh, met, you know, different alternative medicines and health, and and then doing all these different workshops and learning why I do the things I do, and you know, my my brain works a certain way, and. Wow, I couldn't believe the information that was out there when you actually start looking. And yeah. I I started kind of just formulating just things that worked for me, right? Because not everything I went to resonated. Mm-hmm. And that's what something I will tell anybody who goes to, you know, a workshop or watches a webinar is you may not, you know, may not agree with absolutely everything that's said, but Pick out a nugget, find that one little thing, that lesson or something that you can go away for, with from it yes. with. And so that's what I did, and I started building my own toolbox, and I'm you know just plugging along, you know, doing all of this, and I all of a sudden, I started having a lot of my friends come up to me and going, "Yeah, how are you doing this? Like everything that you've gone through, how can you be so positive and happy? hmm You know, and then I kind of went, "Oh, well." First of all, I didn't realize I was that that I was so different, but I just kind of went, "Well," because the other way didn't feel good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't have the answers, like the you know the real technical answers for them then, but I kind of went, "That wasn't fun." Yes, I could have stayed angry and sad and depressed and all those whatever adjectives you want to put on it, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I anyone looking at me would say yeah you have the right to feel all of that right it just didn't it just didn't sit well with me it didn't feel good inside i didn't like it so i needed to find a different path and so I I started working with a coach myself. I went, oh, there's somebody who's actually going to help me through all this. Great, because I had been doing it all on my own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, as I like say, I hooked up with a coach and we started working. So she helped me kind of guide my way through this. And I would kind of connect the dots. And I was like, OK, cool. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is just like being a teacher. What I've been doing my whole life, it's just mm-hmm. educating in a different form. Yes. You know, my students just look different. And so then I decided because I feel like I was able to go through such a dark period and, you know, for the most part, get myself out of it. Like I figured my way through it, but then, you know, then reached out and had people guide me. I was like, wow, I could do this for other people. Mm hmm. So like I, say, I started with just with getting, you know, my, my life coaching certification and uh, relationship coaching certification, because I was like, okay, that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And again, still just looking. And then I, I stumbled ap- upon uh, the social emotional intelligence. And I just went, yes, this really fits for me, because with my scientific background, I really like knowing all how all these different pieces just work to be a part of the, the bigger puzzle. Mm-hmm. And when you look at emotional intelligence, like there's there's actually 26 different competencies that it involves, and how they all come together and work holistically together to create you mm-hmm. and to create how you respond to your world and and how we actually have control mm-hmm. over all that. And I think that was the big kind of aha moment for me was, wow, I went through this thing this time of my life this tragedy in my life where i felt so out of control and where i felt like everything was happening to me mm-hmm. now to realize that i had this toolkit of all these strategies that i could now use myself plus teach other people that shows me that i am in control of how this all works out mm-hmm. and it just it really was able to kind of ground me back into myself and kind of go okay I'm right. I'm driving this bus, right. You know, I'm in control of this. And it was just, it made it a lot easier for me to kind of move beyond uh,
0: the trauma. Mm-hmm. That is such, I think that's huge. So how people, you know, respond to trauma and what they do with uh, with it afterwards so you know how when something happens and you know you're feeling all of these emotions okay and then some time goes by and you don't know how to deal with it and how to get past your depression and your anxiety that you know was an effect of this trauma to be able to recognize that and to go, okay, I need help. Um, I am control of. I am in control of. You know. You know the narrative of my life, and I don't want to continue to feel this way. So I know I need to do the work, whether mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, going to seminars or you know, um, reaching out to family members or. Or going to therapy or whatever it is, you know, um, to be able to have that intelligence enough to recognize, you know, the feelings that you're having and to get help for that, you know, that's really good that you were able to, you know, get to that point where you you didn't like how you were feeling and you were able to go, okay, I, you know, let me look into some resources to help me get through, you know, my trauma and my PTSD
1: well, and, and you know, one of the one things that, and I'll, I'll say, you know, kind of for, for myself, I've never been one that was good for asking for help. Yeah. You know, I was always brought up that you, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. You don't, you know, put your, How I'm trying to think how my dad used to say it, you know, it's kind of like, don't be putting it you know, hanging out your dirty laundry kind of, you know, for everyone to see, Yeah. you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I mean, there comes a point in time where, I mean, we don't get a handbook. As mm-hmm. to how we do this thing called life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, I think the majority of us feel like we're just stumbling around trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. But if somebody like in for me and it, you know, my type of brain and it just give me strategies. And I remember the one walking into my therapist's office for the first time and I told them, I said, you know what? I'm kind of sick of talking about this. Yeah, I said, I, I get it. I've been through something. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it myself. I said, I need strategies. I said, tell me something that I can start implementing to move me past this, because I do not want to stay stuck here. And he just kind of looked at me, went,
0: okay, then, Yeah,
1: (laughs) you know, because it's like, this makes my job a little easier, (laughs) you know, and so that's what I, that's what I kind of hang on to now is, I mean, sure, we have to talk about everything we've been through, but let's not stay stuck there. Yes. That doesn't that doesn't uh, determine what the rest of our life is going to be. You know, we again it's that choice. We can choose it to be mm-hmm. the rest of our life, mm-hmm. or we can choose it to be a stepping stone or a launching pad into something else. Mm-hmm. And it was during this process, I learned that there's a term. So we we, we understand, you know, PTSD, the post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. but there's another term of PSG, or no, sorry, uh, PTG, sorry, Mm. which is post-traumatic growth. Mm. And that is where, like you say, when someone has gone through something big, but they now use it to propel them into something better. Mm -hmm. And I think, and that becomes, that's where I think choice comes in. You're kind of like, I'm done feeling this way. I don't like it. I don't want to be here anymore. I need to move forward and then that's where you are, you're willing and like you said, to do the work, mm-hmm. to move beyond it and I wish I could say that it's, you know, I could snap my fingers and it's all going to be different tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. but it doesn't work that way, it does take work, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's not going to feel easy, change is never easy
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: but a lot of times the answers are very simple. Yes. But it's it's just being willing to take that baby step into a different direction into that unknown. And having that little bit of that courage of being able to make different choices, because you want something different for your life, because you know what, you deserve that. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't feel like, well, this is just my life. This is just, you know, this is just how it has to be. Yeah. Well, if you're not happy with it, you deserve to have the life that you want and that you desire Mm -hmm. so let me help you do that
0: yeah and it's you know just like you said change is so hard uh Mm -hmm. for some people and it's you know and sometimes your circumstances it feels so you know bad and so dreary that you feel like you can never get out of them but just like you said it takes the work, you have to work towards it. And then it's not going to be overnight, you know, it's step by step, you know, you know, you're going through, you know, depression, you know, anxiety, you know, whatever you're going through, you know, mentally, you know, it just takes, you know, just going outside, you know, sitting on the porch, getting some fresh, some fresh air. That's a step, you know, walking down, you know, to get your mail, you know, that's, you know, a first step, you know, calling a friend on the phone, you know that's the first step, you know, if you're going through, you know, something mentally okay. or something that's, that's blocking you from, you know, living your life physically. Um, you know, I want to go back to what you were saying when, uh, you know, people were asking you, you know, where, well, how are you so happy? You know, what you went through, you know, was so traumatic, you know, how are you able to, you know, smile or be happy about it? Um, and it's like, just like you said you did the work and you didn't allow yourself to stay in your circumstances or stay in the the jail in your mind of you know this is how it has to be and be miserable even though misery loves company and mm-hmm. um you know and you were able to be an inspiration to to others um to let them know that there is another way and you know there's always you know help out there so I just yeah so that's so that's I I agree with everything that you're saying totally
1: well and I think when when like you say when we're in that that place whatever that is that circumstance Mm -hmm. that we're in and like you're talking about misery loves company I think in a way when you're looking at a lot of you know, misery and you're all, you know, and you get the people who are always talking about it, or the, Oh, woe is me and, and doing the, the victim stance. Yeah. It, it almost becomes a habit, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it gets us attention in a certain way. You know, even if it seems like it's negative tension, it's still attention, but let's create a, a, a more positive habit. Let's create a habit that's going to serve you in, uh in a much more positive way that's going to help you move beyond that and i can say the one the one habit that was the big i think for me the big foundation for me to, of all of this was creating the habit of gratitude because there was some days i can tell you it was tough to try to find something i was grateful for mm-hmm. but for and i i did it i i don't know where i came across it but it was this it was a challenge, but it was a hundred days of gratitude. So I had to go a hundred days of, of actually accounting for things that made me, you know, that I was gratitude or great. Oh gosh, I can't even talk today that I was <laughs> thankful for. Yeah. And so, and I chose social media for that. So I would, I would, cause I like taking pictures. So, I would take a picture every day and I would post it on my Instagram. And this would be, you know, day number one of 100. Mm -hmm. And that was my accountability to myself that every day I was putting it out there to the world. Rather, anybody read it or saw it or whatever, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. It was more the accountability for myself that I was retraining my brain to focus on things that I was grateful for that that were more positive in my life. And it it does feel like a chore when you're first starting a new habit like that. Yeah. But eventually your brain realizes, we're doing this every day, this must be important. Yeah. So I think Mm -hmm. we need to start focusing on this more. So your brain actually rewires itself to look for those things. Mm -hmm. And it could be something as small as Hey, it was sunny outside and I got to sit out in my garden and just be quiet for five minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's awesome. But don't only focus on what it is that you're grateful for. Focus on the why that you're grateful for it. Because when we can attach an emotion to that gratitude, it goes much deeper into our systems and it rewires things a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So if that's the only thing that anybody listening today is going to start with, start there, you know, make a, a challenge with yourself that maybe a hundred days feels really daunting. Well, will pick 30 days. Yeah. Seven mm-hmm. days, you know, pick whatever day feels like it's, you know, not going to be overwhelming for you. And then if you get it to the end of the seven days, do it another seven days and then another. And the next thing you know, when you're talking about the baby steps, you know, you can go. You know, a month later, look back and go, "Oh wow, I actually have come a long ways." Mm-hmm. But it was so such micro steps along the way you didn't realize it. And then all of a sudden, you re- you know, like you say, a month, two months, three months later, you turn back and you go, "Wow, I've 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 actually changed quite a bit."
0: Yes, yeah, totally. You know,
1: and then that's when you need to celebrate, give yourself that pat on the back, and go look what I did. I was able to do this. I didn't think I was going to be able to, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Celebrate that.
0: You know, to celebrate
1: the- those moments each day.
0: Yes. Even just like you said, even the, the smallest moments, you know, celebrate, mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, what you accomplished. You know, I, you know, I'm an introvert through and through and, you know, I've had to push myself to really you know, step out of myself and really um, challenge myself to do different things. You know, I took um, an acting class last year and that was like, you know, I love acting, I love art, I love, you know, drama, I love theater. And I'm like, that's something I love to do. That's something I want to do. And I can't just sit here being like, oh, I, I wish I could do it, I wanna do it. I just, I don't feel like it. No, you have to push yourself. And, you know, it's uncomfortable. You're going to be uncomfortable, but push through it because at the end, you're going to look back and say, oh, my God, I was I was able to do it and I had fun and I want to do it again. And, you know, my brain loved this, you know, and I wasn't miserable. I just, you know, so that was that was huge for me, you know, Um, and then also, you know, I went back to school that got a a degree in hr and you know that was something that you know i had to push myself to do you know and i accomplished it you know and at the end of the you know of my you know schooling i got a degree and that was great and i felt great about it and you know i pushed myself to do it and so it's just you have to push yourself you know to to you know step outside of your comfort zone because it's only yeah. going to bring you great things. You know, you have to um, do that in order to, you know, in order to grow.
1: Oh, exactly. So I, I call that uh, the art, was it the, the getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I went through that process myself where I would actively put myself in situations that I would have to push myself to go in there. Exactly. I remember it's like going into some social events and we have a, a thing here, it was like a meetup where you just go and you sign up for this meetup, you go and meet these random people and you, I think I was going mini golfing or something that day. And I think I, I sat in the parking lot for probably like 15 minutes trying to talk myself out of the car, Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I, I was like, oh my God, I don't know a single person there. I really don't want to do this. Uh, so I I just had to keep telling myself, going, okay, I may not know anybody who's there, so if I make a complete fool out of myself, I never have to see any of them ever again. Right. All right, we're going to do this. <laughs> right. So I kept finding those ways, right, to just almost desensitize yourself to that being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we can fully desensitize that, because I know I can still feel uncomfortable in some of those, like, weird social situations. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, But it's, you're kind of like, once you've done it a few times, you've set the blueprint to realize, you know what, I didn't die. Last time I did this, I'm not going to die this time when I do it. It's going to feel uncomfortable for the first few minutes, and then you're going to get into the flow. It's so true. And you're going to be able to do it. So it's, yeah, I encourage anybody, anyone who's got that thing that they keep looking at going, oh, I
0: really would like to do this. Well, do it. Do it. Sign up for it today. Yes. (laughs) Just do it. You know, put down that down yes. payment so you can't back out, you know, anything just exactly. to, to make <laughs> you <laughs> to make you think, oh, accountability. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I have to do it. Yes. Do it. yes. Oh, so that's awesome. Oh, my God. So why do you think um, society needs or is addicted to um, their misery or their drama or other people's drama as well?
1: Well, I think it's kind of like how I mentioned before, it's become a habit, you know, and when, when you look at a lot of the, say the, um, I think what they're called now, the reality TV, oh, right? yeah. there's so many, like there used to be one or two up things now, and now it's like every show you watch is reality TV in some sort, mm-hmm. right? But we get to be the fly on the wall in other people's drama. And I think it's there. And I was reading a book. I'm trying to think of what it's called. I think it was called um, uh, like "Don't Don't Dull Your Sparkle" or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta think who the author's name. Oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But she was talking about how when you look at drama, the, it actually has the same chemical effect in your body as any type of addiction does, Mm -hmm. whether it's an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to drugs. Drama has that same chemical hit in inside of our bodies. That's true. And so that's why it becomes, like I say, this habit, this addiction that we just have to be around. And the reality is it doesn't serve us the same way drinking too much or taking a lot of drugs doesn't serve us. Mm -hmm. None of those addictions really serve us in any way. Drama is just another one of them. But it is a socially acceptable one. Yes. Right. So a lot of people don't look at it like an addiction, like it's a harmful thing. Like what's the what's the problem it's gonna cause? Well, it's well, one, it's keeping you tied to the television, watching to this, where you could be doing something that coarse or yes. whatever that you're wanting to do that is elevating your life instead of keeping you like really, I am so non drama. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, As soon as I, that drama comes up, I'm like, I'm out, Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think as society, we're just, we've become addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to make those choices again, to break it. Like our... you know our addiction to our devices is oh, the same yeah. way, too right mm-hmm. that whole fear of missing out the fomo you know everything that oh my god a notification has gone on my phone i must check it right now or i will die mm-hmm. you, know? <laughs> you know it's everything has just become so dramatic again in every you know and it's it's a choice and it's like what where's our control right Exactly. We control our devices, we control our TV and what we're putting into our minds. Mm-hmm. Because what we put into our minds amplifies, right? Do we want that amplified in our head? Mm-hmm. Or do we want to watch something like you say, that is enhancing and elevating ourselves and let that amplify. Mm-hmm. So it's all choices. I'm not going to say, oh, you're a bad person if you do this. Because yeah. I'll tell you, there is the odd reality TV that I still like to watch because it makes me feel better about my life. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so you know. But, but it's just, am I watching 10 episodes of it in one night? No. Exactly. You know?
0: exactly. I'm in control. Exactly. I think, I think also, um, us as human beings, we are followers as well. Some. Mm-hmm. So, you know if you see someone else doing something you know you sort of follow it as well without even really thinking about what you're following mm-hmm. so i think that plays a part in it um as well and it's just just like you said if you're watching someone else's drama and it's worse than yours then you're like oh that's you know more you know i can let me pay attention to that let me you know focus on that and 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 this is entertaining to me in regards to you know watching reality shows or something like that but it's just I, I think you know reality shows I think is definitely one of the you know one of how do I say this um one of the most addicting you know um parts of, of society right now in regards to um social media or uh or television because yeah,
1: that's on why every so channel I was
0: going to yeah. say on every channel there's you know rea- reality shows you know so um so the drama of that I do get the addiction um to yeah. you know reality shows that you know the drama of that and the misery of that so I totally get that um
1: well it's a distraction from our life exactly right? So if you've come home from a hard day at work, and you flop down on the couch, and you just want to, you know, not think about your life for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's a great distraction. But again, it's letting making sure you know where the control is, like, in you're like, okay, I'm done, I'm going to switch that off. And but when it becomes the everything, yes, right, where you are you know, rushing home from your child's baseball game because you have to watch the next episode of whatever, Yeah, you know, housewives of forever. And right, right. That's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because your, your children should be a focus, not the television, right? Absolutely. So it, it's just making, see where the priority of those things are fall into your life and like I say, I'm not saying don't watch them, but just make sure they're in a proper priority mm-hmm. that it's not taking you away from the things that truly uh, need and deserve your
0: attention. Yeah, that really matter, you know, mm-hmm. other than that. so how um how important do you think it is to be your own hero or your own superhero, that your own you know per you know person that you should you know, follow and, you know, put out to the world.
1: Well, cause ultimately we are the only ones that are in charge of our reality. Mm-hmm. Right. I, the only thing we have control of is our reactions. We cannot really control much in this world, mm-hmm. it's, but, but us. so it's when I, when I talk about being your own superhero, if you know that there's something that just isn't right in your life, kind of like what we've been talking about this this whole episode is mm-hmm. don't be sitting there waiting for some you know shining knight on a horse to come and save you yeah. or the the lottery to come and save you or whatever to come and save you save yourself yes figure out a way to to get it done Right and yes, it it may take longer, but you know what? The chances of winning a lottery may never happen. Yeah. So if you actually start today doing what you need to do, you can ensure that it gets done mm-hmm. instead of all well, this waiting and hoping and being passive about it. Yes, take an active stance and an, you know an active role in your life, mm-hmm. and and just put on that cape, right? Because. We, are all, we all have our inner superhero inside of us. Mm-hmm. We just have to find it. Because I think sometimes it gets buried under, you know, all the the stuff, the expectations, the judgments, the, everything that's out there in the world, mm-hmm. that sometimes it can get a little buried. But I think it's sometimes it's, we, and then we also forget, remember as a kid, right? We all would put on that, you know, grab a blanket, and we'd tie it around our necks mm-hmm. and over our shoulders and pretend that we're superheroes. Hey, if you have to do that in your own home, close the blinds so nobody mm-hmm. sees you. Just to kind of get that feeling in your body, do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine yourself. Like, there's there's so many people. Like, I I just got this book actually by Amy Cuddy, and I would I would highly uh, recommend it to everybody. Even though I haven't even fully read it yet, but I have watched her TED Talk, and she is amazing. And it's called Presence, okay. and and she's where she really talks about. You know, uh, before you go to do, like, say you have to go do a presentation or you have to d- do an important meeting at work or you're going in and asking your boss for a raise, mm-hmm. it's like having that moment of going into the washroom and envisioning that you're Wonder Woman mm. or you're Batgirl or you're Superman or whoever, whatever superhero really resonates with you and just close your eyes and put your body in that. like, the, they all have that certain stance mm-hmm. right, that they do, you know, with wonder woman, it's her hands on her hips and her shoulders are up high and she's got her head and chin held up high and just put your body in that, that motion mm-hmm. and you'll feel, you will actually feel a difference in your body and stand there for a few minutes, just soaking that in and, you walk out of there with a little bit of a different type of confidence and spring to your step mm-hmm. when you walk into anything. And it's it's just doing that every day in your life. Okay, maybe you work at a job that you really don't like, mm-hmm. but hey, you've got bills you have to pay. Exactly. You have responsibilities that you need to do. So how can you each day before you open that door or you know, I mean, if you if you're working at home, walk mm-hmm. into the kitchen,
0: you know, start <laughs>
1: your work day, envision yourself as that you're a superhero for someone each day. If you're, you know, maybe you're a dispatcher for a taxi company, you're a superhero for whoever is receiving that taxi. Mm-hmm you know, you're helping somebody each day and it's just focusing who am i helping and with, with what i'm doing today mm-hmm. you're their superhero so put on that cape and start seeing yourself
0: as that mm-hmm. totally oh my gosh i i just love that term being your own you know superhero because you are and you have to be because no mm-hmm. one is going to you know rescue you but yourself exactly and so you again you are the one who has to do the work and has to have to you know go out there go out into the world every day and you know make it you know you know a world for you and and helping others and just you know that's what I'm all about I'm all about you know just Every day when I wake up, you know, if I can help someone in in any way, you know, that whether it's, you know, you see a a homeless person, you give them a few dollars or you, you know, give them something to eat or you're just walking past someone and you give them a smile, you know, that changes someone's whole entire day sometimes. And so, you know, that's what it's about. For me, that's what it's about. And, you know. Mm -hmm it makes you feel good inside, you, feel good. you know, it makes the other person feel good. So yes, always be a superhero in your life and as well as other people's lives, because it really does make a difference. So I totally agree. Yeah.
1: When you look at it, life from a, a positive psychology standpoint, they, they have found that one of the quickest ways to increase your own happiness is to be able to help someone else. Yes. hmm Cause we actually, we actually get an endorphin hit uh, by doing that. And I mean, you're doing it for the, the right reasons, yes. right? You're not, you're not doing it to get something out of mm-hmm. it, but you, you see somebody that needs some help, you go and help them. You know, you've impacted their day. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you've become their superhero in some way. Mm-hmm. So walk in that power you know, we, we give away our personal power so much during the day. It's time for us to stand in it and walk in it and realize, you know what? I am a powerful person. Mm-hmm. Look what, look what I can do to change people's lives each day. You know, you may think it's so minor and it doesn't mean anything. It does, it does. It does to somebody out there somewhere. Mm-hmm.
0: And then they can go out and pass it on as well you know do a good deed exactly. and be a superhero in someone else's life so that's what it's about yeah, so pay yeah. it forward pay it forward It totally. you're in the
1: the drive-through buy somebody's coffee who's behind them oh my god you know because yes the one time i remember the, a couple of times that i've done that you know uh even the barista looks at me and she goes like oh my god that's so amazing and that's yeah. so why i've impacted her life and i haven't even it's not it's her not that her. i'm buying the coffee for <laughs> yes <laughs> But she got, she gets to witness it. She gets to pass that on. Yes. So she kind of gets to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, and they remember, you know, that they remember those things. That's an impact. That's such a little thing. It's a $5 cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And you're going to change somebody's day so much. Mm-hmm. All these little teeny tiny things. Like we always think that to make an impact in the world, it has to be this big, big gigantic, bold, whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have
0: to be. No. Yeah, it doesn't have to be big. And it can be something small. Just like you said, buying a $5 you know, cup of coffee. You know, Just like you said, that affected her. Because now mm-hmm. she gets to, once that other driver pulls up, she gets to tell them, oh, your coffee's taken care of for the day. You know, and that makes exactly. them feel good. That makes her feel good that she was able to make their day. You made their day as well. Yeah, and then the ripple. It's a ripple yeah, effect. The ripple
1: effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keeps going. Exactly. Yeah. So, Back. so yeah, i would be like, so my question for everyone listening is, how are you going to throw that pebble into the pond today mm-hmm. to create that ripple? Mm-hmm. Right. And again, it could be as simple as just meeting, catching someone's eye contact, giving them a smile. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right away, their face is going to brighten up and then they're going to do it to someone
0: else and then someone
1: else and then someone else.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just saying, hey, how are you? How are you doing? You know, it's just sort of like, a, you know, sometimes you say that to someone, they're just like, oh, they're so surprised. They're like, oh, I'm doing well or, oh, you know, not so good or, you know, well, you know, hopefully you know, whatever you're going through changes, but just know that, you know, you're not alone. And, you know, everyone goes through problems, and, you know, you'll make it through. It's it's just, it's so simple, you know, but, you know,
1: and the, the big thing around that is, I think a lot of us go through life thinking we're invisible. Yeah. So the the moment that someone comes up, and you go, hey, I really like those shoes. Uh-huh. You've been seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody has seen you. And right away, that is a boost to your day. Mm-hmm. So whenever I can, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't do this daily, but if I, you know, I'm standing in a lineup and I'm like, damn, I really like that lady's clothes, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell her that. Or her earrings or her hair, or if it's a gentleman's pair of shoes, whatever, or a car. Like there was a, the other day I was leaving Starbucks and there was a gentleman standing out by his motorcycle. And I'm like, damn, dude, that's an awesome that's looking nice, bike. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice ride. And so we stood there and we talked about his motorcycle for a while Mm -hmm. and it made his day. I could see that it made his day. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And really it cost me nothing. Exactly. Two minutes of my time.
0: Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. Just slow down and, you know, look at the world around you and pay attention and be, Mm. you know, observant. You'll, you'll find out a lot. (laughs) Yes.
1: Oh, exactly. And I think right now, especially in this time where we feel very separated. Mm -hmm. Uh, from and from everyone right because we're we're wearing our masks we're saying we're being our six feet or whatever apart we feel very disconnected I think if we can just start do like we can still do all our protocols but you know still have those conversations still um, compliment somebody Mm -hmm. it just it breaks down these walls that I think we're starting to build up Mm -hmm. and I really would hope that we can kind of get back to the humanity that we had before, um, because it's only us that's gonna be able to change that. And it, you know, and we we don't know how long we're gonna have to deal with all of this, right? So let's make it the best that we can.
0: Exactly. You're gonna have to modify some things, but you can still still, um, make a difference and, you know. Exactly. Oh, my God. You have given some really great advice and some really great insights, too.
1: And I'm sorry, we've gone so long. No, it's okay.
0: (laughs) It's okay. You you (laughs) you just given like such great insights and such great, you know, you know, advice. Um, Is there anything you'd like to promote, you know, your uh, podcast or you have any um, seminars coming up? Anything you'd like to promote?
1: I have uh, some courses that will be coming up, but they're not going to be like really soon. It's probably going to be the end of the summer. But what I would say is if anyone is interested or wants to be in the know, Mm -hmm. uh, please go to my website of reigniteyourpurpose.com and sign on to the email list. You will get a, a little gift of talking about gratitude and helping you set up your gratitude practice with that. Uh, So definitely do that. And other than that, the only thing I have to promote is if you are interested, and I know I only briefly talked about it at the beginning, about this whole idea of social emotional intelligence and what it can tell about you, Mm -hmm. because I will guarantee you will learn more about yourself than you thought was possible within about a half hour. And because I give you this whole 40 page report of everything, it's very scientifically based and, and very in depth. But if you're interested in, in doing that, just send me an email and we can talk more about that.
0: Okay. Do you have, um, are you on Facebook, Instagram? Yep. If Facebook and Instagram are my two big one, main ones,
1: uh, I am on LinkedIn if anyone wants to connect there, but yeah, mostly Facebook and Instagram, If um, either under my personal name or under uh, Reignite Your Purpose. I'm there on both and uh, yeah, just come and find me and let's have a chat. I like to talk.
0: I think you might have noticed that. <laughs> All right. Please, please please follow her on her social medias. Um, Sheila, this has been awesome. Um, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, I would love to have you back. Okay.
1: Awesome. You just let me know when and where.
0: <laughs> All right, Sheila. Thank you so much.
1: Okay. Have a great day. You. Thank you. Bye. Bye.